You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the Online Enquirer podcast, it's Monday, so that means Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker, weighs in on Illinois football's second straight loss. A very disappointing 31-24 loss at home to Purdue, a second straight game that Illinois has lost as a seven-plus point favorite. So obviously Illinois basically doesn't control its own destiny in the Big Ten West anymore, has a very low odds of winning the Big Ten West. They need a lot of things to go their way. And they need to win a football game or two uh, to have that chance. But basically, they're rooting for some kind of tiebreaker uh, or for Purdue to lose a game uh, and have a chance to, to win this thing. So uh, we talked with Jay about what's changed over the last two weeks. And, and Jay pinpoints one thing that I agree with that, that I've seen the last couple weeks. Uh, so we'll get into that. We get into the pass interference calls. We'll get into um, – you know, the injuries that have really impacted Illinois as well. Uh, but before uh, we get to Jay, I wanted to just update you on a few injury updates. I recorded with Jay right before Brett Bielma's press conference. He gave us a, a few injury updates. That cornerback Illinois is really, really hurting. Uh, Taz Nicholson out for the season after a dislocated wrist. He's going to have two surgeries. They've already had one of them. Uh, but Brett Bielma said he played a couple plays with a dislocated wrist uh, before he told anyone about it. Um, tried to find a way if he could get back into the game. But he is out for the season. Terrell Jennings out for the season. He was in a sling on the sideline. Sounds like that's a chest injury. So Illinois down two cornerbacks there. Tyler Strain is in concussion protocol, going through the protocol right now. So we don't know exactly if he'll be back, but sounds like you know if everything goes well, he could be back. Uh, everything didn't go well with Seth Coleman last week, so he wasn't cleared in time to get through concussion protocol for the game against Purdue. But it sounds like he has a great chance to be back. He's already cleared, practicing. So if all goes well this week, Seth Coleman will be back, which is huge for Illinois. They have certainly missed him. And Jay Layman will get into that here in a little bit. The big one, Chase Brown. Uh, Brett Bielma said he is improving. Wouldn't be for sure. He didn't say for sure whether Chase Brown will be cleared to play. I said they'll see how it goes throughout the week. I can't imagine Chase Brown will play. But it's good news, I think, regardless, just to hear that Chase Brown uh, didn't have an injury that's going to knock him out, uh, definitely, for this game. So he said he's trending in the right direction. He said the same thing about Josh McCray. And he was asked today about redshirting Josh McCray, who's played three games so far this season. Uh, and he said he had that conversation with Josh McCray when he suffered the first injury of the season um, and, and basically told Josh, I don't think you're going to need a fifth year, basically saying that he thinks he's going to make the leap to the pros um, by that time. So... We'll see if that's on the table or not. We'll see if Josh McCray or Chase Brown are available at Michigan. Obviously, it will have a huge impact on the game because then you're going to Reggie Love, Chase Hayden, potentially Jordan Anderson because Aiden Loffrey is already out 
uh, with an injury. He's He's been out for the last couple of weeks, and we'll have a couple more weeks left on that. So that's what's hurt Illinois so far is that they have had those injuries kind of all at the same position, cornerback, outside linebacker. It was Ezekiel Holmes and Seth Coleman uh, for a couple games. And then, clearly, um, running back. When, when you have your two top running backs who uh, are in question, at least, going into this week, that's what's hurt Illinois. And that's what we talked about coming into the season is the depth isn't great. So by the end of the season, will they have the pieces to win games? The good news is they won enough games to, to get a bowl game, get to seven wins. Uh, now we'll see if they can get to eight or nine. And shock the world going up to Michigan. We'll talk about that matchup with Michigan. We'll talk about what we saw against Purdue with our All-American linebacker, Jay Lehman. He's coming up next right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the time of week. Catch up with Jay Lehman, All-American linebacker. Jay, this doesn't look like the same team uh, from that six-game win streak. No, certainly not. You know, I, I was reminded by my father, who's went to Illinois, but I'm an Illinois fan for probably his whole life, and he told me an old Lou Henson quote. Lou Henson supposedly said this. Now, I don't remember much what Lou Henson said because he retired when I was like 11. But he said, you know, in basketball – you play a third of the games at the level you're at, a third of the games below the level you're at, and a third of the games above the level you're at. And sometimes, you know, the season goes basically playing those that they're in the right time, right? Because you can beat some teams when you're playing a level lower than you're at, maybe like Wyoming, but you need to play better than you are than to beat a team like, say, Michigan coming up this week and how that falls out. Obviously, Sometimes you're just better. Your, your average is better than everybody, right? And I think I say that because I think over this, especially against the three the three game span against Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa, I thought we were playing really clean, fundamental football, and really beating people up up front, which was so exciting to see against what have been the West Division bullies. Uh, I should say Wisconsin, Iowa, and what I've seen, and this was the first game I saw. I thought. I thought up front we started to get beat a little bit more against Michigan State, especially on the offensive line and defensive line. But I still thought we controlled the game and just made some really bad errors. You know, the five, the five um uh fourth downs that we weren't able to complete, you know, just, just some really errant plays. Here, what was disappointing to me is I thought we across the line, if you look at our offensive line compared to their defensive line or their offensive line compared to our defensive line, you look at it and you thought, man, we can dominate in these spaces. And we didn't. Yeah. We did not. This is the first time I thought like we got out physical in a game. And I think that's what it comes down to. We've been very consistent up front 
being able to be more physical than our opponents on the offense and the defensive line. And I think that there's a lot of things that happened, but at the end of the day, that was the tail of the tape was up front. Jay, I got my list of things I want to go over. <laughs> All right. And I usually have four, four answers, four answers, you know, for every question. So, there you go. so and I love it. Um, but I, you know, when I figure out what I want to go over in the film room with you, we're going to go over the pass interferences, right? Sure. I want you to go over those, but I, I wanted to go over the run game a little bit sure. because it doesn't look as easy. The Illinois is not getting as much of a push, even Purdue's offensive line on that one drive. Like they had one terrible drive and I thought they were okay and good yeah. the rest of the game against the run, but they were just crushed up front. You see like Johnny Newton getting pushed back four or five yards. This team dominated the trenches against teams that normally dominate the trenches, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, these last two weeks, why I thought Illinois would win is because I thought they would win there. What what is different? Like, why do you think this has happened? So it's 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 a really good question. Um, one, I'm I'm going to go first and foremost to the health of the unit. Um, I think I first of we don't know if all we know is that Coleman's out right and Z Combs is out right. So uh, you know with Seth Coleman, who we thought you know two weeks ago we thought he could be a potential All Big Ten player, goes out early in that Michigan State game. And from a very X and O standpoint, they really honed in on that position. A lot of the option game was to attack uh, Bryant in that game. And, you know, we can go over some tape in that, but really it's just, you know, we were committing too fast to either the running back or the quarterback, right? You're supposed to feather that, meaning you're supposed to slow play it. It allows the rest of the defense to get there because we run so much man coverage. Remember, in man coverage, nobody has the quarterback man-to-man. So that's when the option run is open to run for the quarterback. Okay. Secondly, and that brought up a bad memory, 2006, I'm playing I'm playing Purdue. It's fourth and one. Curtis Painter's the quarterback. We did a man-to-man zero blitz. And he ran the ball for 42 yards for a touchdown in 2006 to break that game open and have another heartbreaking loss. Hate to bring that up for Illini fans, but you can look that up probably, guys. It was on an option play where the quarterback ran the ball on a zero blitz uh, play. All right. So I think um, and then not having Coleman's pressure on the rush has been huge. I mean, he I think when you have Newton, you had uh, Randolph, you had Akis, you had Coleman, there was one of those guys was going to win, right? And now we're not getting that rush off the outside. Remember, remember Zeke Holmes went out early. Zeke was the starter, you know. And then Akis comes in, but now we're down to Bryant, who who didn't make a good play on one of the plays, but he was almost too aggressive, and they played into that aggressiveness, right? But as far as why Johnny Newton didn't play as well, I don't have an answer for that. I, I you know, I do think it's a focus when people try to double somebody, they're going to double him. I thought Keith at times played okay, but I think Keith c- can play better. And I don't think we've gotten, I do not think we've got the same production the last two or three weeks from our nose tackle, whether it's T-Rod Edwards or whether it's uh, Calvin Avery, we just haven't gotten the same push. Um, and Akis has been quiet, but he's a true freshman, right? So he's going to have highs. He's going to have lows. I actually thought early in the game, the backers weren't playing bad. I thought Tariq Barnes made some plays. I thought Dark Angelo made some plays. I thought later on, we got out of our gaps. We had we also had D Lyman in our in, in, in Maccabee, who I thought there's no chance this guy goes for 100 yards. Went for 100 yards. And so, like, I'm just as I work through these things out, that doesn't give me give you an answer why, other than I do think Seth Coleman's absence was a big uh, was was really big for this team. What about the offensive line, Jay? Um, it's a group that has been the most physical group 
until the last two games. I mean, sure. I think Michigan State had a lot of talent. I thought Purdue had a solid defensive line, but they struggled against Wisconsin and Iowa, which is why I thought, oh, those were struggling offensive lines when Illinois played them. Right. Maybe Illinois can take advantage of it. Uh, they weren't able to get much push, but I know teams are keying on Chase Brown. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, I don't think our line does great with movement. Uh, and, 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 and Purdue, I would say they're an undersized defensive line. I think they're feisty. Yeah. But I think they move it. They, they they do do a lot of slants and a lot. And, and that can lead you to maybe having some possible big plays. And so, number one, I, th- I don't think we do great with movement. We struggle with some movement. We've also see a, a little bit of a chess game where DeVito makes a check or looks to the sideline and then Purdue's checking something late to bring that extra defender. And a lot of it's based off who that slot defender is, right? Uh, the slot defender on Isaiah Williams. They're going to roll a safety over the top on that, and they're going to bring that slot defender to crash in at the last second, and the whole line's going to slant over. We see that a lot, right? And it's it, what it does is it muddies the picture for Chase Brown. He's not able to really see the holes. I don't think our, our guards are the best at – not our guards, our line are the best at that. And then also, you know, everything, uh, you know, works in tandem. I, I There's not a ton of respect for a deep threat from Illinois right now. And so you have defensive backs playing at eight, nine yards, uh, knowing that, okay, they're probably not going to go deep. And what's happening is they're able to maybe make Chase Brown bounce it, maybe make him cut in the backfield. And by the time he gets to maybe a yard, two past the line of scrimmage, there's a DB there who's identified it as run and can get there. But I think overall up front, I don't think we're doing great with movement. I really don't. I think we can be better at movement. I think if you try to line up one-on-one us, we can grind you, but we have not done well with movement. We have not done well with last second shifts or adjustments by the defensive line. Jays and Mears, I feel like they're sending, like Michigan State did this all day, sending Halliday off the edge. Sure. Purdue, I thought it was a number five that was doing a great job of crashing down sure. and off that um, that pole blocker. Is, is that an adjustment teams are making? Yeah, I think we, we don't have a very fast hitting counter. Uh, it, it's a slow developing play. And so um, you can chase it down from behind or you can put put a, you know, a blitz right into the teeth of those two blockers, whether it's, uh, you know, Adams and Palczewski pulling around or Chrysler and and and, and Julian Pearl, whatever it is, you know, you can do that. So I think it's an adjustment. We've also seen a lot of it. I see this around college football and it's, we've seen, a double guy off the edge, and then you drop the strong side linebacker, a strong side defensive end. So, like for instance, it would be like you know, uh, Akis, Randolph, and Newton kind of all shifting over to the left, and we bring Dark Angelo and, and maybe uh, Witherspoon off the edge, right? And and then you drop Seth Coleman. What I'm saying is they're doing a lot of double edge pressures to take away one the quarterback. And then two, the 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 cutback of the running back where it has to go front side, right? And we've seen that. I see it a lot. I was watching TCU Texas. They did that all the time, right? So it's just we're going to take away the quarterback run. We're going to take away the cutback run. It's got to go front side. We're going to hold up in man-to-man pressure because we believe the pressure is going to get there in time. It's either got to run to the right or it's got to be thrown quick. And that's what we've seen them do to Illinois a lot. Jay, there's like three hypotheses I have about why this team is taking a step back. We kind of hit on some of those there. One would be the thing we fans do from the outside. So I want to ask you as a player, this team has never done this. They've, they've never been the front runner. Um, right. And and did they play tight? 
Did they did they play with a lot of pressure on them? I think one reason you could think that is because when this game got chippy, um, Illinois didn't handle that very well. When they didn't have a couple of things go their way, we'll get into the pass interferences. They didn't respond very well to that. No, no, they 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 didn't. I don't know if you're going to go through your next two if you want me to answer, but but uh, but, but I, I, I would say. You look at their three losses, those are teams on paper they should have beaten. Uh, going into, I think they were – they might not have been favored against Indiana, but I think it was like people thought they should have won that game. Then by the time we play Michigan State, we definitely should have won that game, 17-point favorites, right? And then we play Purdue, and it's like we feel like we should win that game. Where I don't think anybody – I think we were not favored in all three of those games, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, maybe one of them. Maybe Iowa. I'm not sure. Yeah, I but, think you were favorites by Iowa, Minnesota, but slight favorites, right? So, you know, you kind of felt like you were kind of fighting against us and having an establishment. So I think that has to do with it, right? Um, but also, I I, I think we're starting – and Brett's, Brett's said this. We're starting to kind of get uh, – showing the depth that maybe is not there that we need. Right. And I always tell people this, a football player is like a football player is like a football team. It's not how many injuries you have. It's how many injuries you have in the same spot. You know, after my third foot injury in football and for not being that fast, I knew it was probably time to hang it up soon. Right. Because you only, you only have a bad wheel. So, so much when you're down to your, your third and fourth corner, cause Taz Nicholson goes out, then Tyler Strang goes out. Um, and you have Quan Mart moving over to corner. Now he can't play his star or nickel position. It changes a lot of things. Same with Seth Coleman and Zeke Holmes. We we've we're not that deep, and I I, I think people thought, and I would be one of those, that this rebuild was farther along than it is, mm-hmm. and I think it is farther along than we expect it to be. But it's not quite New Year's Day bold um, there yet, if that makes sense. I think they're a lot farther than they should be, but they're not there yet. Number three on my list was team is beaten up injuries. So that's okay. one of the reasons. Number two, teams have adjusted a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so what have you seen how they adjusted to Ryan Walters and the defense that's given up 54 points the last two weeks? And, and offensively, I don't say they're – I wouldn't say they're stopping Chase Brown, but they're containing him. So the, you, we talk about complementary football. It all works together. I would argue, too, before I talk about the defenses, special teams has been horrific. Has not been great. I mean, it was better this this game, but it wasn't. It's not great. Okay, special teams has been has been tough, and we have not possessed the ball like we have in previous games. Right, especially I think Purdue was the first team to beat us in time of possession. Um, so naturally, you're going to have more plays. Okay, um, but I've seen the last three weeks of even going to Nebraska game. We talked about the screens. They're going to try to target our backers. Um, we talked about, okay, man coverage. Who do you want to beat up on? Obviously for, for Michigan state, it was Taz Nicholson's out strain's got to be the guy we're going to go after. Right. And then I, I think for this, the, it was for, for Illinois, it was for Purdue is listen, they got a great pass rush, but we do like to get the ball out quick Purdue. So they're going to get the ball out quick. They threw the option run in there against man coverage, which was a great little, uh, you know, a great little knock and then what what i thought that i didn't think they'd be able to do and this is this is a this is a hallmark of 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 purdue is that deep dig route they hit it on the fourth down uh you know when they need to get that 
I didn't even have time to throw that football with the wind. They were able to protect, hold in there, and he hit that deep dig a couple times, right? And um, when you're in man coverage, a dig route is hard to stop if your rush doesn't get there. So if if, if, if every route's hard to stop, but they also had slow developing crossers that took forever to get there and they were getting there, right? Because we weren't getting the pressure on that, okay? So those are man-beater coverages, which they know we're going to be in man a lot of times. But usually, we've gotten pressure on them, whether from Seth Coleman, Gabe Ackes, Johnny Newton, but we weren't getting pressure on them, right? And so I think the combination of that, and also, you know, I thought Payne Durham, their tight end, played exceptional, you know, really good football player and challenged us a lot, made it difficult for us. So th- those are some of the things they, they've done. They've also, I, I thought, they're almost, I thought Purdue was throwing the football into traffic with maybe not a great chance to catch the ball, but just to get maybe an interference with these refs and, and how handsy we are, right? So they have something to think about too. I, I want to ask you about this. Everyone's waiting for me to ask you about the, the interferences. But the one thing I noticed watching back on films, Jay, was – Ryan Walters went a lot more zone and three-man rush in this game. Um, and they weren't able to get pressure with that, obviously. But then when he did blitz, they they weren't getting pressure. But what did you make of Walters kind of sitting in that that zone? Yeah, and I, I did I did see that a couple times. And I also I think I think you do that if you feel like, listen, if one of your guys can't cover man to man, well, that guy's gonna get banged on all day long. So if you have a corner that's out, hey, you can't man go man to man every play we got to give them some some freedom right um we might only have three good rushers Akis, newton randolph so if i don't have a good rusher i don't think they're going to get there other than those guys i should do that so i think it's a little bit personnel driven okay um i i thought too aiden o'connell might be one of the only quarterbacks that can thread the needle on man coverage as well so let's play a little bend but don't break and try that I don't think we showed that we were very good in zone coverage. I think we are much better when we're aggressive in the man scheme. But, you know, I think you have to change it up if you're not getting the results that you necessarily wanted. And if they were going to throw the ball quick, we're not going to get there anyway. Why not have eight people back instead of six? And so I can see why he would do that. I actually thought Devin Witherspoon played a good game. I, I thought too. he was physical. I thought, uh, you know, I mean, it was it would be a fantastic game if they gave him credit for the pick on the interference and whatnot. But but really took Charlie Jones out of the football game from what Charlie Jones has done. I know he had maybe four receptions for 66, I saw, but still it wasn't necessarily a scare factor at all. But they banged the backside corner a lot and got some big plays with him and Payne Durham. Well, Jay, uh, what's your opinion on, on the Devin Witherspoon interception I, or the interception slash pass interference? And the other one I thought was was tough with City Browns. Um, yeah. so, so what did you think of, of just the officiating on those calls? Well, I, I certainly thought, I, I always like to, who has the position when the ball is thrown? I think that's an important, I think that's an important indicator of pass interference, right? Because if I look at Devin Witherspoon's, he has the inside position and he has a right away to the ball, Right. And so they're, they are both hand fighting a bit, but it looked to me that Witherspoon comes off of that to go to the ball. And it looked to me that I think it was Jones was the one trying to interfere with Witherspoon at the end. Right. So I thought that was a bad call. Um, 
I know Illinois fans won't love it. I think that was a horrible call. I think the other calls, I think Sydney was the closest not to being, but I think the other calls, some of, I can see why you, people would call that in a tight referee game, right? Um, I thought there was some stuff on our receivers that they could have probably called. I think that that was annoying where it felt like it didn't go both ways. But you know, as being an Illinois, Illinois fan, in our mind, the refs are against us. Everybody hates us. It's always unfair. We always have something horrible happen. And it's been a self-fulfilling prophecy the last two plays, the last two games. But what I would say is I thought I thought it was a horrible call on Witherspoon. The Sydney one, I can see um why we would think that's a bad call and a tough call. Um, but the other ones I could say, okay, if they're gonna call it tight, maybe. You know? Yeah, I thought Xavier Scott grabbed when he didn't need to grab. Um right. it, yeah, th- those are those are tough plays. If you're Ryan Walters and Aaron Henry, what are you telling your guys after that one? Well, I think what's what's really mentally hard was I think the hardest thing as far as what do you tell your guys is when Spoon's call got reversed, I think then Quan had the ball go through his hands when he missed time to jump. I yeah. think probably two or three plays later, right before the half. Right play, play right after. I thought he play was right, in a great position, Jay. Play right after. He just misjudged it. I mean, Quan slowed up because he felt like he was going to have the ball. He was in phase with the receiver. Um, so that I think that was – I know it's the second quarter, the turning point of the game. Cause I feel like if you get that pick, have a chance to maybe go down and score, it's a different ball game. Um, going in, we kind of get ahead. And so, but what do you tell if you're Ryan Walters? I mean, I hate to be so cliche, but play the next play. Don't let that play beat you for the whole game, right? And I don't think Spoon let him do that, but I do think there is a this this defense has been so dominant that when they're not, it's almost like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And um, listen, they're on scholarship, too, and Purdue's always going to score on everybody, no matter who Purdue plays. So I, I I was just – I think what I was concerned about, I didn't like the chippiness and whatnot. What I was concerned is that I just felt we got physically beat up. Yep. And I think – I had not seen that in a long time out of this football team. Um, not every defender – I think Sydney played physical as always. I think Spoon played physical, but up front we weren't as physical as I wanted to be. Jay, um, the offense cashed in on the red zone, right? They fixed that. They were able to, they were able to score, um, but they couldn't sustain drives. Uh, Tommy was a little off early, uh, and then they just weren't able to run the ball as effectively. I hated the conservative play calling right before the half. The kind of, you know, we talked about that Devin Witherspoon. I wish they didn't even get the ball there, right? I, I but, wish they would have gotten the first down, but. Um, they just weren't able to sustain drives like they have most of the year. And as you said, possess the ball. Yeah, I think we've got to figure out first and second down. Listen, uh, uh, a Brett Bielema offense, Barry Lenny offense, that well, Barry wants to run at least here under Brett Bielema, doesn't work if if we are in second and 10 and we're in third and long. Um, it, it just does not work uh, the way we need. We need to gain ideally four to six yards on first down. And you do that, you're in business. We we were doing that quite quite consistently uh, through that six game win streak. And so I think the first and second downs have been difficult. I will give Barry Lunny credit. I thought great creativity to get Tip Ryman a chance to make that catch. Now that didn't we we didn't end up scoring that that I, I believe we scored that drive, so it didn't necessarily end it. But just it, it's stuff like that that even though we score, it, you still had to have seven or eight more plays to get it in. And and that's seven or eight more times to, to make a mistake. Um, I, I like the creativity of getting to Isaiah Williams. 
you know, on a fake pitch to, to Chase Brown and then Isaiah Williams, you know, almost gets an end. I thought they did some, some good things. And then they just, you know, but the first and second down was difficult. I thought Tommy, although I think he, he's been playing solid, I think it was a solid game. I think he would be the first to tell you it wasn't his best game. And um, yeah, I, I felt losing Pat Bryant. I don't think he came back. I think that hurt a little bit too. So yeah, all those things considered, it was, it was just not a fun game. He's just, he's just, he's just a frustrating game. I'm sitting there in the stands like, man, come on, let's go. Yeah. And, and every fan right now is like, you know, if, if they had lost to Iowa and then they have games like this, maybe it's not as heartbreaking. Right. But it's just, everything was there in front of you and you, it was in your hands at home, Jay, and you missed your moment, right? Like you missed your moment to capitalize, win the West, play in a big 10 championship game um, and really line yourself up for a great bowl game. You can still do some of those things, but what happens now in Smith Center? Because we know how disappointed the fans are. What happens in the Smith Center after back-to-back losses like that, after some of the things you wanted are now outside your own control? Sure. I think that's a good question. First and foremost, I can tell you, as a fan, it's it's you're more frustrated watching the game than you are as a player. As a player, when you're in the game, I mean, I know they acted frustrated, but for me it was always like, dude, I got one job, and that's to go stop the ball carrier or to play defense. That's it. Like I cannot do anything – and I, and I think I got really well trained at that because when you're down by 20 or 30, when you're junior or sophomore, you know, it's like, I got one job. I can't worry about anything else. Right. So I would say this, they're frustrated, just like we're frustrated. I think they care a ton, but they also, and the coaches hammer on this, all they can focus on is what they can do. Right. I mean, you, you can't focus on, Oh, you know, if, if you're on defense, how to score more points, you got to focus on your job. And so I think still, this has a chance to be a real special season for some of these seniors that have not had a taste of victory. Um, so I still think it has that, but I think it's been a wake up call the last two months, two weeks. Uh, not that we needed two wake up calls, but they've got it where it's like, man, we're not there yet, but I think it gives them extra motivation to say we can wipe all that away with a win against Michigan. Now it might not go all the way. The division might not come back, but we can definitely do a lot of damage uh and and do a lot of good things um if we finish strong and so there's chances out there i mean i look at our 2007 team you know after those disappointing losses to iowa and michigan which were which were close so we certainly didn't play well i think the difference was we were able to rattle off four straight and get a signature win and get to the rose bowl i think that was the difference right where their their streak came a little bit sooner and, and really haven't had that signature big win and I think uh, if they got that at Michigan and maybe beat their rival Northwestern, you would have that. Yeah, this would be this would make everything feel better. Like this would almost feel better than making a, a Big Ten championship game if you can beat Michigan on sure. the road and spoil their college football playoff um, capabilities here, Jay. So, what do you want to see against Michigan? I'm interested to see this team kind of with um, you know a chip on its back, kind of playing as the underdog again. I'm interested to see how they handle that. We got to see if Chase Brown's healthy or not. But what do you want to see against the Wolverines? So let's say Chase Brown's healthy. We don't we don't know, um, but let's just say he is. I thought if I looked how uh, Illinois was playing in mid October, uh, if I looked at Illinois, I thought they matched up really well with Michigan. Very very similar styles, right? Wants to dominate the line of scrimmage and play suffocating. Uh, defense. Um, they look like the Michigan that I used to play against the nineties and, and two thousands where they would run the ball and they might not have the big play receivers that some of those Michigan teams had, but they certainly have that physicality to them. 
And um, what, what I see is I think we match up very well if we're healthy. Okay. I want to see us, I want to see, can we run the ball against a top five, you know, defense? Okay. We've been able to run the ball a lot in the late, late nations with leading rusher. Can we run the ball? Can our O-line stack up against that? Can we protect Tommy DeVito offensively? And can our receivers get any kind of separation to make some plays? Because Michigan's defense has been pretty darn good so far. Though they did give up some plays I saw in the Maryland game where they were able to move the ball against Michigan. Okay? So that. And then and then, how do we respond offensively when we get down? Like, we're going to get down in this game. How do we respond? Not like let them gain, gain stuff. Defensively, we've shown we can play phenomenal defense. Um, I'm not sure we've had to face a run game quite like this. And so you asked me in October if this would – if you had, would have asked me in October, I, mean, this is, I don't know if Blake Corman get 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Lately, they've been playing that way. They haven't been playing that physical. Our backers haven't been playing great. Um, and we're banged up a little bit up front. So I think that's the big question. Can they stop the run? And then – you got to know that J.J. McCarthy is going to have some run games in there as well. Athletic QB, you know, another Illinois quarterback makes it three in a row. You know, we had Peyton Thorne from Naperville. We had Aiden O'Connell from the North Orbs. I, I think J.J. was from Nazareth, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I I just – I I think they're going to have some quarterback run, possibly a little option, possible little zone read. Going to have the screen game stuff that's beat us before. And they're going to pick on the injured spots in our defense. Well, Jay, uh, as you said, there's still stuff to play for here. You can go upset, shock the world this weekend. You still got the Land of Lincoln trophy to play for. You can have your first Big Ten winning season since you played in an Atlanta uniform. You can get to a, maybe a Florida Bowl game here. Uh, so still a lot to, to play for, and, and uh, we always appreciate your insight on all of it, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's better than getting blown up by 20 or 30, right? I mean, we're in games, at least a touchdown or two, but I think we got a little taste of winning, and I will say that the whole university in Champaign and, and just this podcast, it's just, it's just different, you know, when we're winning, you know, and I just want to give a shout out to Alana and Choir podcast member. Uh, I had two of them come up to me uh, at the stadium. So Gary Johnson from Muhammad is his daughter. Meredith played soccer, Illinois. He's a big fan. And also Alana and Choir uh, member is a uh, Jeff Hester. I call him megaphone Jeff. He's had a megaphone in the stands Used to be on the east side, now he's on the west side, goes to all the Big Ten games. He's a huge fan. I want to give you a shout-out because you always say you listen. You're the man. There you go. Jay, uh, thanks for bringing those people in, man. We appreciate it. Yep, take care. Thank you to Jay Lehman. He's the goods, man. You know what I'm going to say it every time. Uh, and if you want more Jay Lehman, we do a VIP film room every week. And this week, I had Jay break down the pass interference calls and which ones were pass interference, which ones weren't, which ones were borderline. Uh, so I thought it was great getting his insight onto that. Uh, but also, we had a couple plays that you know, every time I have Jay on, I learn something new. And he really showed a couple plays uh, about how each part of the defense affects the other part of the defense. So we might think, oh, it's this guy's fault, but that there might be multiple things that led to that. So we break down a few defensive plays, uh, some busts of of players who hadn't played a lot, um, but how all of this stuff kind of goes together. I thought Jay was fantastic with that. Oh, and Brett Bielma just tweeted out basically the Brett signal that there's going to be good news. So we will be on alert for any recruiting news. We will weigh in on another podcast at some point, maybe even during the basketball one tonight if we get the news today. So uh, be on alert. Seems like Illinois football, despite some losses, going to add another talent here uh, in the class of 2023, I would imagine. 
not 2024 yet, but we'll have that news up for you on the site whenever it is news. And of course, uh, we will have a podcast reacting to it as well. Thank you as always for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on our YouTube channel. You can see Jay, Jay Lehman live and in person with the great hair. I'm jealous. Uh, you can see that on our YouTube page. Uh, fun having him on on that every week. we got Michael Tulip coming on later in the week. Derek Piper and I will be live on the YouTube channel after Illinois basketball's final tune-up uh, tonight uh, at the State Farm Center before going to Vegas uh, against Monmouth. So we will have that up for you tonight so you can join us late at night uh, breaking down some Illinois basketball and previewing two massive games in Vegas. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time in a few hours right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.